Welcome to the garden. I am so excited about this podcast um, episode specifically. Um, I have a great friend of mine here named Alana, and we will be talking about deliverance. And I know this is completely different from what we've talked about uh, previous episode, but I wanted to shed a light on this area. Um, it is something that we can all go through in our Christian walk and journey. So we're going to be sharing of how it is not scary. It is um, necessary and how it will help you to grow in your life. So um, Alana, tell me about hey. yourself, how we met. We, we, let's do that. How do we okay. meet and how are we here today? How we met. Okay, so we met in elementary school, but we didn't really know each other. I mean, apparently you knew me because you said I was like that kid that was like really annoying in the car pickup line. <laughs> no, I was like, she was, no, she wasn't annoying. You, she was just popular. Entered in. <laughs> <laughs> no, just that is funny. <laughs> but anyway, no, I was just a little outgoing is what Zell said. Um, so that's where we met when we were younger. And then we went to the same college together. Mm -hmm. We kind of we had a moment where we hung out with some mutual friends one time one time yeah uh never again till after school and i mm -hmm. think like you know covid we came home and everything um and it, it's very difficult sometimes to find friends like mm -hmm. when you get out of college people don't really talk about it but yeah. um you're in this environment where you're just like super close and there's all these activities and you know unless you're introverted and you don't go to things um <laughs> but for me i i just really needed some friends and um, Azelle and I actually like our churches, our family's churches are like less than a mile away from each other. So we've mm -hmm. just been around the corner all this time. And I don't really remember the exact moment, but we ended up hanging out. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, we've been pretty close. And I, you know, consider Azelle a really good friend. So very Same thankful here. for for that friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you do at your church? Um, so I am music director, I lead worship, I do all the managing for my worship team as well, um, and that's like, I guess, the main church job, and then I'm also working towards my substance abuse counseling license um, with our clinical center, because our church has um, a rehab center for men and women in addiction, so um, I do both both of those things, um, th that's my main job specifically, yeah. yeah. And you are also a makeup artist. I'm a makeup artist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you see her great makeup. It's really nice. Oh, um, and what else do you? Oh, she's a recording artist. That's what I wanted to say. Alana, look her Thank up on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, look her up on Spotify, people. Um, she is a wonderful, wonderful worshiper, and you should check her out. So. Um, what was your first single, All Creation? Yeah, that's a bop. Oh, wait, no, Something oh, Beautiful oh, was first. That me. was my kid's bop of song. No, I'm just kidding. It was, I, I think as you grow as an artist, sometimes you look back at your old music and you go, wow, that was cute. No, I'm just mm -hmm. kidding. I still love the song, but um, I think it was more of like a challenge to me because I can be more of like a singer-songwriter, like mm -hmm. 
I don't know, chill kind of vibe. But I was during the summer, and I'm like, I'm writing a summer bop. With summer bop. Summer bop. And I did. But the Lord, it, it was the whole thing. My yeah. songwriting, a lot of times, it's like I woke up that morning and had the whole song. Mm. So it's like kind of a thing where I can go long periods of time with writer's block, and then all of a sudden a song is dropped in my brain. And yeah. I don't know. It's how the Lord works, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, and today we're going to be discussing a very, mm, I don't want to say heavy topic, but it is heavy. Mm. A topic of deliverance. And a year ago this month is when Alana actually walked me through deliverance. And um, yeah, I, I'll i never forget it. So uh, we're going to break down of knowing, well, first of all, the episode is called Clouded Focus because a lot of times in our day-to-day walk, we don't realize that we're really walking um, with a clouded focus of um, what our lives may, what our lives can look like, and what our lives look at it, look like at this current moment um, now. Uh, so, first, you wanna, we can talk about how my deliverance experience came about, and um, yeah, you, we can start there. Yeah, I'm gonna start there. Okay, so um, a year ago. I actually I had actually gone through this program called Uptick. First of all, it's the most amazing program. I'm trying to get everybody in it. Um, and it is shaping Jesus, Jesus shaping leaders um, in the Richmond. It's like a regional program. And I came back from my cohort. And at the last day we were there on the first retreat, they were sharing prophetic words. So it was a prophetic circle and it was just like, you know, you don't have to get it right. You know, we're here as a, in a safe space to share. And I can remember sitting in my seat and while people were giving words and it got to me and they were sharing all these things, um, I felt I was, my body was literally shaking and I felt so scared. Like everything to me at that moment felt scary in the moment. And I'm like, why am I even feeling this way? Like I was shaking. I didn't know what to say. And at the end of it, when they were like, so Azel, how do you feel about that? I literally was like, I'm scared. Like it was, (laughs) it was just coming out of me. I was like, I'm scared. And I don't know what to do with this and all of these things. So I recognized in my life, like something needs, like, I don't feel right on the inside. I have to, whatever this is has to, has to leave. And um, I remember we went out for coffee maybe like a couple weeks later because you had just come back from Nashville mm-hmm. with um, a friend. And I was talking to you about, you were talking to me about the experience you had there. And I shared with you about what was going on in my life. And so from there, we you invited me over to your house and uh, we prayed for some things that I could that I could remember off the top of my head, but then also some things that were deeply seated in my life. And, um, you know, I came out feeling like a whole, you know, another person. But can you tell me specifically what does deliverance mean? And go from there. 
Yeah, so um, I know that you have this book right here, yes. um, the best, one of the best books um, for mm -hmm. learning about deliverance. Um, and one of the things that actually it says in the very beginning of the book is that deliverance means rest from our enemies. Mm -hmm. Anytime in the scripture that God brought deliverance to Israel or to any kind of situation, it was a war, a battle, something that was happening, and then all of a sudden there was rest. And and even in some instances, the the enemies would start um, fighting against themselves. And, you know, Israel didn't have, have to lift a finger. Um, but then it was like God won the battle, you mm -hmm. know, in the situation. And like speaking about the Nashville situation, I, it's very interesting that you say like the clouded focus because um, I was sharing with Azelle about a friend of mine who um, the Lord graciously allowed me to help her walk through deliverance. Um, she was sharing with me about like sleep apnea or not sleep apnea, um, sleep paralysis mm -hmm. and other things she was dealing with. And I remembered we were staying in the same room and the next morning after the Lord had delivered her, she said to me, my mind is so quiet. Mm. I don't even know, like all these thoughts, um, she, she was just kind of processing because she was like, what were even my thoughts? And what were the thoughts that the enemy was putting there? You know, mm -hmm. there's some things and, you know, um, things that I thought about myself, about my life, um, you know, things that were just clouding my mind. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, what was, what was I actually thinking? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's so interesting that you say that. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's, that is how it happened. You know, when we go through deliverance, sometimes it's like, wow, like it's like, you know, what was even going on in my head? What was all of that noise? And all of a sudden it's, it's rest, mm -hmm. rest from the enemy, rest from the torment. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's great. Um, and in that moment, I'll say this to, to add to that. When Alana, we had finished, um, she had finished praying. And I remember walking out of her house and it felt like for the first time in a long time, I didn't even recognize that it felt like everything was lighter. Like my body felt like, oh, like I felt like a bricks were like taken off of my shoulders. And it goes to show you that even you may not know even like what's there specifically, but to know that you can be free from that, you know, from um, feeling heavy or as a person said, um, your mind clarity and from that perspective. So what is, as somebody who is interested, like I, how do you, how do I know I need deliverance? So this is a really interesting question. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the biggest things, and, and, you know, I luckily, I mean, not everyone has that, um, you know, circle, but I had some friends that were in, in deliverance there. They had like a counseling circle mm -hmm. and I had to kind of get called out. <laughs> I didn't want to get called out. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, uh, my friend was having a birthday party and basically this girl started manifesting. She got delivered. Okay, she was, before you go, yeah. what does manifesting mean? Because a lot of people think it could be oh, yeah, something totally different than what yes. it is. Okay, so basically we were like in this time of prayer and worship and all of a sudden she was like, and it looks different for everyone, yeah, but, but for her, she um, first began to cry so it was like first a crying and, and it was almost like a weeping really loud. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually that kept moving, you know, it, it kept progressing because 
um, when a person comes under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that demons have to flee mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus, right? Or in the presence of God. So basically what was happening was those demons that she was dealing with started surfacing because they, they had to go, right? And they right. started surfacing and all of a sudden, you know, she became almost like she couldn't control her weeping and then she was shaking a little bit. Um, and when, when she came into repentance and when that person got delivered, she screamed very loud because it wasn't even her. It was actually the demon that was like getting kicked out of its home mm -hmm. screaming because it's, it's the agony that the demon is like, I, you know, basically they can't live without a home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when Jesus comes, they, they shiver, they run, they scream because the power of God is, is so powerful. Oh, it's so right. strong. Um, so basically for her, she was, you know, crying, weeping, shaking, and then she actually vomited. And that was like kind of the end when she finally started vomiting. It just, that was when that heaviness released. And when I saw her face, her eyes were just light. Mm -hmm. Like before she would, she was walking around just heavy and, and all of a sudden she, it was like she could see. And, mm -hmm. and I think that was like a lot of times I've seen that with people that get delivered, their face changes, their eyes become lighter. And I know we talk about like, or you've heard the saying that eyes are the window to the, you know, to the soul. Yeah. And that is a big part of deliverance too, you know, looking into someone's eyes because you're speaking to, you're not speaking to a person. You're, you know, you're talking to those, you know, spirits that are oppressing a person. Mm -hmm. So last thing I'll say with that, I've actually been, you know, I've done a deliverance where a person kept covering their eyes mm. and it wow. like, this, I had to actually like, I was speaking to the person and, and that person kept covering their eyes because this, the demon was literally like trying to hide. Like, see me. <laughs> like literally I had to command the demon to let her look at me mm. because it was like every time I would pray, she, she couldn't control. Like she could, I would say, look at me, look at me. And she couldn't, she couldn't. Mm -hmm. But then when I was like, you know what, let her look at me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she looked at me and then she finally was free. So the eyes have a big part of that. So when someone is free, their eyes change. I, mm -hmm. I've just seen it. It just is much lighter and so much more at peace. Mm -hmm. So I know I need deliverance if I am dealing with what, like, Yes. From that Sorry. perspective. No, you're fine. That was great. What so, you were saying. um, it could look like a physical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I think even the medical field and science does its best to, to be able to put names and diagnosis to things that happen in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that not, cause I studied, you know, behavioral sciences and mental health and things like that, but there are certain signs that can go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes that can be a physical thing. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's dizziness or, um, trouble sleeping or, um, you know, certain things with your sleep patterns, maybe even when you think of the spiritual side is like, if you find yourself in the presence of God, um, and you get very distracted, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you're, you know, you're trying to hear God's voice and you have a hard time hearing God's voice, mm -hmm. um, or even you're reading the word of God and it's like, you get not only distracted, but just the understanding of the word of God. We mm -hmm. know the Holy spirit is the one that helps us understand the word. And sometimes there are spirits and things that are just, 
I mean, the whole goal of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy from us. Right. And so um, that also means us not being able to understand the word of God because mm -hmm. where we don't understand the word, um, there can be easy access for the enemy. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I wrote down too mm -hmm. is like, you know, um, where a lot of times Christians may have strongholds or things in their life is because they are ignorant to the word of God in certain areas and what God is trying to say, mm -hmm. um, because demons have to, they have to obey the word. It is the law, but yeah. where we don't understand the word, um, where we maybe fall short in certain areas because we're not even following God's word, they can kind of come in and make agreements with us so we can believe something that's not the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's how strongholds happen. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, there's so, there's so many, I think, um, one of the biggest things, if you are aware enough or you have a understanding is to see even in your generational line, if That's you right. see a pattern or a cycle, if you have an addiction, mm -hmm. um, where you feel like you just cannot break free. Um, mm -hmm. that was one of the ways that I knew I needed deliverance was I was addicted, um, you know, for 10 years to pornography. Like I'm mm -hmm. very open about that. Um, but that was an open door in my life that I felt like I could not break free from. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of women, actually a lot of women deal with that, but they don't talk about it. I know mm -hmm. growing up, like a lot of men would be like, oh, like they'd watch it together. Like kids, like they, it was like a part of their, I don't know, being cool. But mm -hmm. then if a girl does something, it's, you know, it's different. Right. But, you know, for me, um, that was like an embedded desire in me that I felt like I could not break free from. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was freed from that sexual spirit and from, you know, those things, I like have not touched it. I have not even, you know, I don't have any desire where I feel like I can't win. Mm. And I think that's the biggest that's part good. is like, if there's something in your life where you feel like I just can't win in this area, um, whether it is fear or mm -hmm. whether it is, you know, sexuality, you know, sexual issue or, um, depression, anxiety, all of those things where it's like, you just cannot win. You cannot like, we're none of us. I, you know, I believe that we were created to be conquerors That's over right. those things. We were not created, um, to be mastered by things, but to yeah. be masters of things. And, um, even in the beginning, one of the things that God gave Adam and Eve was authority That's to be right. able to rule and to have domain. And, um, you know, the, Satan took that mm -hmm. from the very beginning. His whole point was to try to get us off of, you know, off of that um, and take the authority yeah. um, in our lives. And so wherever we feel like maybe there's an area where, you know, I just cannot gain my authority back in this place. Mm -hmm. Most likely it's because there's some other thing. Um, some other spirit that has grabbed that authority in your life. And I think yeah. that's that's a really big um, indicator that you may need deliverance. Yeah. And I think to what you're saying generationally, uh, so when I filled out the form, um, fear. Like in my family, I can, like, I know that there is a generational line of fear. And until I wrote it down, I was like, I don't, like, I didn't think so. But that for for my family was very big. And when I finally got delivered from, from that, I could now begin to see the fear in other people and, and within my family. And I'm like, wow, like, dang, I didn't realize like how it's, it, 
it has implanted itself in different ways in different family members. And I'm like, okay, God, I have to, for me, it is Azel, you break every generational curse you can because the people that are coming after you in your line, you want them to be free from all of these things and not be oppressed because we understand if it's generational and you break it, it does not have to to go to the next person. So I think it is very important to look into your family history and to recognize what is there to to break those things. So that's really good. And tell, so we know like if you need deliverance, first of all, we all need deliverance, okay? Yeah. And for and for the person that would be like, I that is too scary for me from what you were talking about, the story with the girl that happened. <clears throat> It looks very different for all people. For me, I did not um, vomit with you. I simply, I feel like my my body just became really hot, yeah. I, and that was that was it. And uh, but I know that everything was being released, and it's like um, it doesn't have to be a scary thing because yeah. the enemy wants to trick you into thinking it's scary, so don't do it. But then you just end up staying bound and that's something that he wants and something that you know we should be we sh- it's the opposite thing of what we need you know yeah. t- is to be free and also like I think sometimes people watch those deliverances especially the very intense ones oh yeah on YouTube and, and yeah, stuff, and, yeah and it can be intense because Satan hates you <laughs> it is what he it knows is. the power yes. that you are capable of yeah and and but but one thing is, you know, when you look up, um, especially scripturally, you'll realize that when someone's delivered from um, a demonic spirit or something like that, um, the Bible says that those spirits cannot harm you. Mm. On the way out, it is it is not painful. It's mm-hmm. not like something that, you know, okay. now have there been experiences where, you know, um, you know, a spirit may like for me, it was like I felt like my lungs were getting tight or, you know, something like that, because it was just that it was that thing trying to keep hold of me. And mm-hmm. it's like if if you just stop you know, getting delivered right now, if you just stop praying right now, like it will release and you won't feel that tightness anymore. It's like mm-hmm. an intimidation. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, like you were talking about, like a fear in your family. Everyone goes through, it's not that once you're delivered, you're not going to have pride. You're not going to have fear. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're not going to, yeah. you know, go through those things. Cause we all have intimidations and things that come at us, mm-hmm. but it's so different when something is in you versus when something comes at you, because right. you can fight those things um you know there are certain things we fight and some things that just need to get kicked out like that's just how it is and and I think it is a continuous process Mm -hmm. like even now after being delivered both Azelle and I can both tell you we have to continue to stay free yeah um and the enemy will try to he he has no new tricks so he tries the same Same tactics again and again but once you are opened up um, to that, to the spirit realm and realizing, you know, it's like, you don't have to fear, you know, the enemy coming after you because you already know how powerful Mm -hmm. Jesus is and you have the authority to use his name. And that's what one thing that I want to get to, you have the authority. Like for a lot of us, sometimes when we think of it, it's like, oh, my voice is not going to do much. But a lot of times it's, it's almost like I relate it to when I run across the street or when something happens and something bad happens to me, I scream for my mom or my dad. Mm -hmm. 
Those are the natural people that God has placed on the earth for me that are like my protectors, right? And now that I know I have the authority within my voice to say, you know, like in the name of Jesus, leave. Like I know who to call on and I know what to say because I know that my voice has authority. And I think it's important that people know that they have authority in their voice and don't don't belittle that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also like, you know, we've talked about a little bit how some people might feel like it's scary, mm-hmm. but if you know the character of Jesus, if you know God, you know that he is kind, that he is um, patient, even up to the point of us getting delivered. Some of us fight our deliverance until the very end, Um, but he's patient with us. And at the end of the day, it's not anything that God is forcing upon us, but it's his love that wants us free. And Mm -hmm. it is a rescue. And, um, you know, he knows what we need. And, Um, I know that there are people that have a lot of fear around it, but at the end of the day, once you get so desperate that you're just like, I want to be free. Yeah. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. I don't care who's watching. Yeah. I don't care what anybody. Vulnerability. Yes. it, It takes at the end of the day. I remember kind of off topic ish, but, um, when I got filled with the Holy spirit, when I was younger, Mm -hmm. um, I remembered wanting it for selfish reasons and, you know, like seeing that a lot of people around me were getting filled with the Holy spirit and all Mm -hmm. these things were happening. Um, and then I had this moment where I realized I wanted it for my own gain. Um, and when I came to that point where I was like, God, I don't want this just so I can have power, just so I can walk around, you know, whatever. Um, I want this because I want you. And mm. it and it took actually, there was this moment I was like watching this YouTube video and this pastor's wife was talking about taking our eyes off of ourself. And this was to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. Um, to have humility. Um, and even I actually began to pray for one of my friends that didn't know Christ. He was, she was like, take your eyes off of yourself. Mm. Think about, you know, start praying for other people. And yeah. during that time, the Holy Spirit filled me wow. and I began to speak in tongues. And I just thought that was so powerful because it's kind of how deliverance works too. Once you are at the end of yourself, once you are like, I'm, I'm over it. Like I'm, I have nothing else to lose. Like all I want is you, Jesus. And I don't want any, anything else that could be habit, you know, using my mind as a habitat, Mm -hmm. any other, you know, voice. I don't want to hear anyone's voice, but God's like, I'm tired. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm tired of the fighting. And in that moment, he's like, okay, you're like, you're ready. Like I will pull you out. I will pull you out the moment you ask me, Mm -hmm. you know? But um, it, 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 it's a humbling process yeah. <laughs> for sure. And one thing that I'll say is, too, that it takes a level of vulnerability of to confessing your sin to one another. So a lot of times, a lot of people have shame and guilt in their life that could be stemming on the inside. And they may feel like, well, no one cares or I don't want to share this with anybody because I feel shame within within myself. But to know that it's the scripture talks about, you said it a little bit earlier when we offline, um, confessing your sin to one another and just to be vulnerable so that you can be free. And the enemy doesn't want us to be vulnerable. Um, So it's the opposite. Just to know that, like you said, God is so kind and compassionate to know that everything that God wants for our life, the enemy wants the opposite. So of course he's going to bring shame into your life or guilt into your life because he doesn't want to see you free and to operate in the other side of what that looks like. 
Um, and yeah, that is, that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, one of the things I wrote a few things down, but one of the things I just kind of wanted to start with to, um, well start, we're already halfway through, but is that you don't need to be perfect. Mm. Um, sometimes I think we feel like no matter what, whether that's, you know, um, being a part of a team or Mm -hmm. doing anything that like, Oh God, I need to make myself perfect before I come before you. And it's like, no, it's, I think those moments when we realize I can't do this on my own, you know, I'm having a hard time reading the word. I'm having a hard time getting in the presence of God. I'm having a hard time with these things. Um, that's when we need deliverance. We don't wait and go, well, let me, you know, do this a little bit more. Let me, you know, just whatever it is a little bit more like we, it's, you just need to come running to Jesus mm-hmm. and let him free you so that you can think clearly yeah. so that you can see clearly. Yeah. Um, we don't have to uncloud our own eyes first. We can't, <laughs> it's, it's actually not possible. I think mm-hmm. it's the enemy that puts all these expectations on us and is like, you need to do that's religion. You need to do this, 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 and this before step one, two, three, four. You, yeah, yep. before you can step into full covenant with Jesus. Um, but at the end of the day, that is, what deliverance is about it's yeah. about the fact that the enemy he wants covenant with us mm. he wants he wants to, it's like um a lot of times when people think of covenant they think about um, marriage and at the end of the day we know that jesus is coming back that's what the scripture says mm-hmm. that he is the um the bridegroom and we are the bride we are to be married so if that's jesus and that's you know the father's ultimate heart is that we would be one Mm -hmm. union Mm -hmm. blameless clean all the other things then we know that the enemy is trying to take a part of that covenant he wants us to have covenant here and covenant there and so we're it's almost like we can't be fully his we can't be fully the lord's Mm -hmm. and so that's part of what deliverance is is it's like divorcing in the spirit i think Mm -hmm. is how i kind of see it is like you cannot be fully you know sold out for one person if you still are in covenant with another Mm. and that's exactly that's just that's so good that's how it is and so sometimes i think there are a lot of christians that are walking around and they're not fully free Mm -hmm. um you know they hear that all these things were nailed to the cross but they're still carrying them and they're Mm -hmm. still holding on tight um because they still have covenant with those things Um, And so kind of to move forward a little bit about covenant Mm -hmm. and about agreements, there's a lot of words in the deliverance community and people are like, what what is this? So agreements, um, covenant, all of those things. How many of you think if any of you um, listening has ever signed a contract, Mm -hmm. that is what the enemy wants to do with you. Mm -hmm. Um, He will put out a lie. He will say, this is the truth about you. This is the truth about others. This is the truth about um, God, even trying Mm. to get you to believe lies about God. And then all it takes is us for, for us to go, you know what? I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Or even maybe you don't verbalize it, but you start living that way. Um, You live like everyone hates you. You live like you're not worthy. You live like whatever. And all of a sudden, um, a little lie that was spoken to you becomes an agreement and it becomes a part of, um, you know, something in your life. And now all of a sudden there's a stronghold Mm -hmm. um, and a stronghold is a fortress. Mm -hmm. So it's a stronghold and it's, it's protecting that lie. It's protecting that spirit. 
Um, and you're trapped behind that stronghold with that spirit. And so how do we break those strongholds? And I think that's where a lot of people are like, okay, tell me, how do I do this? You know? Right, right. Um, but it's first, I think, identifying the lies. And mm -hmm. we can't do that on our own a lot of times. We were talking about this also offline is that we all have blind spots. And God has created us for one another to be able to come to him. And He, the Holy Spirit starts bringing things up. Mm -hmm. um, we have a fr dear pastor friend named Pastor Patrick. And he love talks him. about, we love him. <laughs> Um, he talks about spiritual counseling as like a surgeon with a scalpel. Mm -hmm. And so when you start going in um, and kind of looking back and looking deep, you start seeing that you go in for one thing and then you find another thing that was hidden. Mm -hmm. And that's how that process can be a lot of times. Um, and so we start with spiritual counsel. Um, you know, we look at the generational line and we see maybe there was a great grandfather that was, you know, open a door to witchcraft or open a door to um, infidelity or, you know, you just don't, mm -hmm. you know, when you start looking back, you can go, wow, this thing that I've seen in my family, maybe you have like, um, you know, divorce, that's a big one. Like, yeah. oh, every single one of my aunts and uncles have been divorced or for generations, no one could stay married. Well, mm -hmm. divorce, that can absolutely be a cycle um, and a, you know, a spiritual stronghold in your life. And so I think like going through breaking generational curses, um, you know, any soul ties, if you've had any sexual experiences with people outside of, um, you know, the, the marriage bed, even things that you didn't desire. I think that's the biggest, you know, the biggest mm -hmm. thing where, um, we have wounds. Mm -hmm. That is, um, one of my good friends says that, um, you know, wounds are an entry point for the enemy to create altars for mm -hmm. himself. Mm. And so if we know that, you know, Jesus, that the father requires worship and that's what we were created for, then we know that Satan wants worship too. That's right. And so he gets glory mm -hmm. when he can set up altars on our wounds. He mm -hmm. takes advantage of us. And so I think even knowing that it gives me such a different perspective where you could easily judge someone when you see like, oh, why can't they just break free from this already? Right, or, right. You know, you get so like sometimes you have a family member that may be an addiction mm -hmm. or a friend or someone that's dealing with something. And it's really easy to think that they're the perpetrators, but really they're the, they're the victim to um, that attack to that mm -hmm. activity. And sometimes it may have been something that they have opened up and sometimes it might've been a generational thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, Satan wants to take advantage of us. He wants to take control so he can steal mm -hmm. from us and steal our joy, steal our purpose. So I think deliverance is super important for you know, it is for the believer yeah. because you have to be submitted to Jesus for it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I could keep no, talking about this forever. No, that's really good. Yeah. And it's almost like to, for someone that may be listening or watching, it's like, how do I, how do, okay. So I know that I feel I need deliverance, but how do I break free? And how am I in a good community of people? Because there's also people that take advantage of other yeah. people in this area. And it turns out like, you weren't really doing this in the name of the Lord, like all of those, those aspects of it. Cause we want to, we want to handle this with complete care. So how do I get help for this? Like, where do I go? 
Um, so depending on where you live, I think one of the good resources that I found at least, of course I had a friend um, that had a group and all those things, but that may not be the case mm-hmm. wherever you're from. Um, so there's this guy named Al- Isaiah Saldivar. I mm-hmm. think I said that right. Yeah. And he has what's called a deliverance map on his website. And so you can put in your zip code or something like that and find maybe in your area different people, whether it's like a pastor or a group or something. Mm -hmm. And there are people that have registered through his website that actually, like people don't even know about Mm -hmm. that. Um, All over the world, there are places that you can go to for that. But I think the number one thing, um, first is to talk to your pastor, your spiritual yes. leaders. Um, not all pastors are open to deliverance. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised that there are a lot of pastors that actually know how to do deliverance, but they don't see it as in something important for a Sunday morning service. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think like number one, talk to your pastors, talk to your spiritual leaders, um, and talk to God, <laughs> yeah. talk to God about it. Um, I know the Holy spirit is going to show you, um, if there's certain things that you need to repent for, um, whether it's for you or for your generations before you, that is how deliverance happens. It is, um, once we go through that counseling, mm-hmm. there's a process of repentance. Um, yes. it's not, it's not mystical. It's literally coming out of agreement and repenting for certain things, certain sins. And once that repentance happens, then the deliverance can happen because mm-hmm. all of those illegal agreements have been broken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like eviction. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how I like I've done deliverance with people and they're still holding on to certain things. Um, they haven't repented for certain sins. So when you go to pray for them that I've actually had demons speak to me and say, I can be here. Mm. I'm allowed here. And that's because there has been still a repentance that needed to happen Mm -hmm. um, or that person is continuously living in that sin. And once they repent for that thing, that that demon or that spirit can leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I think number one, finding trusted sources, talking to trusted integral people. Yes. And asking, you know, asking the Holy Spirit also to lead you. I think discernment is important and it may Mm -hmm. be hard when you have different spirits and different voices. And, um, it's, it's really, I mean, it's very difficult when you desire deliverance, everything will fight against you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you, when your soul and is is like, I just want to be free. You can find that like, there will be so many obstacles that come up Mm -hmm. before that thing happens. Um, but it's not something to fear. Um, it's, it's just Jesus and his kindness and his rescue and it's for all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. I am grateful. So, my last question to you, um, would be fixing your focus. Um, and we're talking about clouded focus. How do you continuously fix your focus back on the Lord? So I think for me, um, I love the Lord. I love the word of God. There's ne- there hasn't been a time. I think there are moments in our life, like I lost a friend and, and that mm-hmm. grief opened up a door, mm-hmm. um, to a lot of, you know, unbelief and, and, just different issues that I was dealing with in my mind because that, that, um, that moment just like, I don't know, the enemy was able to try to take advantage of my mind in that moment. You're mm-hmm. like, we're all susceptible to right. that. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it is, you know, 
talking to friends, you know, making sure that we have the right community around us. We can't do life alone. And That's you right. want the right voices in your life when you're going through those moments. Um, and then also being a part of your local church. Mm -hmm. um, but church isn't enough. Yeah. You, you can't just go to church and think that you're going to walk with the Lord because you can be in the driest places in the earth right um in the middle of a sanctuary mm -hmm. so i think a big part of it would be just to identify what brings distraction in your life um we all know <laughs> we all know what it is mm -hmm. we all know what draws us away from the lord mm -hmm. so i think it's you know stepping away or even you know minimizing those things because we can't always just be sitting in a room somewhere in his presence. We all have lives. We right. all have work. Be in, be in the world, not of the world. Be yeah. In the world, so not in of the, the world. world. So we have to be, you know, we have to still be responsible and mm -hmm. show up for the things we need. But it's not about setting time aside. I think it's about inviting the Lord in every moment. Mm, and I, I love that. And so I think, you know, making a conscious effort to invite God into every single moment of our life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like, at least for me, how I have to, how I ha how I have to do it. If not, I'm, you know, I'm a wretched, wretched sinner without him. So I need to invite the Lord in every single moment and every decision. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's how we connect with him, how we grow with him um, is sometimes even when it's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, continuing to, okay, okay, you can come in here too. You can come mm -hmm. in this door too and in this room and, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it is a process and deliverance is a process. Our relationship with God is a process. But just like mm -hmm. any relationship with its ups and downs, yeah. you know, he's never the one that's usually um, inconsistent. It's, it's us. <laughs> it's us. But yeah. um, we're the problem. It's us. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. That is um, funny. I know. But yeah, I would just say, um, you know, being reminded of his character and all those things and having those examples of him in our life. Yeah, that's good. Oh, well, this was good. We could talk about this for more hours because there's more things to even discuss. But this gives a good baseline on what deliverance is. And yeah, we'll link the, the source for Isaiah's um, trusted and integral people that he has on his website. So um, until next time, I'm so happy you joined me this time. So yeah, bye. <laughs>